from talkradio.nyc. Welcome to At Home. I'm David Thiergartner, interior designer and owner of David Thiergartner Interiors right here in beautiful Manhattan. On tonight's show, In Search of Beauty, my guest tonight is abstract artist Liz Leggett. Liz's art has been exhibited nationally and internationally, and she has participated in art, artist-in-residence programs in Israel, Spain, Nova Scotia, and most recently at the Weir Farm in Wilton, Connecticut. Liz describes her paintings as predominantly process-oriented, and her canvases serve her as an arena for speed, tension, deconstruction, rebuilding and grappling with expectations of conformity and control. I am very excited to speak to Liz tonight. Also, because we're going to talk mostly about visual beauty, I wanted to play music that had a significant impact, if not to say a beautiful effect on my life. There's a lot to talk about, so let's get started. I found a passage in my journal of something that I wrote years ago. It says, I continued to walk even though I was moving in the wrong direction. I saw something beautiful today, and it was so beautiful I needed to walk away from it. Not because I had to, not because I wanted to, but because I needed to remember it always. Every day since that day, I have taken it upon myself to see or to observe or hear or watch or find or discover something beautiful. It's my credo. It's how I choose to live my life every day in search of beauty. The funny thing is, we've all heard that beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Certainly, that seems true. We know that there is no standard template for beauty. I mean, look how often the definition has changed throughout the centuries. The dictionary defines beauty as a combination of qualities such as shape, color, or form that pleases the aesthetic senses, especially that of sight. That definition pretty much says, well, it's up to you to define it, but it says nothing about seeing it in the first place. Who told us to stop and smell the roses? Our mothers, our grandmothers? Certainly a practical piece of advice. Stop, take a look around. There is beauty everywhere, and that's the point. Start with that. There's beauty in looking for it. 
I posted a couple obscure photos on Instagram today for the show. One of the postings is a project photo of an intricate base molding. The design of the base molding balances the dissimilar shapes of the architecture by weaving and wrapping itself around a stout and hefty column, followed immediately by a sharp 90-degree right angle, followed again by a convex corner that terminates at the door jamb. It is truly a ribbon of wood bringing order through design, painted with the slightest ivory glaze, balancing so perfectly with the clear, unfinished oak floor. It's beautiful. It is also a hidden treasure, which means you have to take the time to see it, to notice it in the first place. There's something else that I've always, always found beautiful. It's a bit odd, and I have to admit, I'm almost positive, I'm almost positive that no one else has been moved by it, but it has nothing to do with interior design. It is the back alley of the Majestic Theater on Broadway. The Majestic, the Golden, and the Plymouth Theaters all share the same alleyway to their stage doors. This utilitarian passageway is New York urban life at its best. Metal fire escapes descending downward from the Plymouth mezzanine, from the majestic balcony, and from each of the theater's rooftops. Together, creating a complicated composition of metal steps and railings. One metal stair on top of another, dozens of railings nearly colliding with each other. If I had to describe it, it's it's an urban abstract made from metal, and it gets better. If you look up, you see classic New York water tanks poking through the oddly shaped opening of the translucent Times Square sky. The composition of shapes, the tension of materials, the oddity of the light makes it truly beautiful. All of this is just to say that there's beauty everywhere, and it's not just in Mona Lisa's smile. That defining, that defining something as beautiful as Mona Lisa really isn't the point. The point is the quest, recognizing it when you see it, or hear it, or discover it. Taking the moment to appreciate it, and understanding why and what makes it beautiful. The more beauty I find, the more beauty I want to discover. And that's exactly why I want to talk to abstract artist Liz Legat tonight. I am fascinated by her process, how she looks at a white page or canvas, how her designs, her, her combination of colors create tension and then not. How she looks, what she looks for, and how she brings order to the abstract whole. And finally, how Liz brings balance and harmony with one stroke of a brush. In my journal, I will write that I searched for beauty today because I wanted to, because I needed to, because I had to. When we come back, my conversation with abstract artist Liz Legat. This is At Home. I'm David Thiergartner, and we'll be back in two minutes. White, a blank page or canvas? 
the challenge, bring order to the whole. Through design, composition, tension, balance, light, and harmony. listening to the Talking Alternative Network. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in a rut? Negative thoughts, feelings and conversations got you down? Hi, I'm Noreen Sumter, The Potentiator. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way, on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. guest tonight is Liz Leggett. Liz, welcome to At Home. Thank you for having me. This I, is great. I'm so happy that you're here. Tonight's show is all about beauty. That's why you're here. And I've started each and every show asking the same question of everybody. What is your meaning of beauty? And more specifically, what is beautiful in your home? That is a very tough question. Not what's beautiful in my home, but in general, what is the meaning of beauty? I mean, I think... Inherently, I think of a lot of things in art history that are very classical, uh, especially painting. Let's say a Botticelli, mm. <laughs> a Caravaggio. Mm. Uh, I think of the Mediterranean Sea. Um, things that have color, composition, balance. But I wonder if I'm speaking from more of a art historically trained eye. Uh, what's inherently beautiful? I started to think, well... What is sort of ugly in the world? Oh, okay, that's just a to great answer, point of view. just to answer that very large question of what is beauty. And I was thinking sort of more conceptually what I find ugly in today's world about the disharmony and the mistrust and the 
sort of dislike and disdain of others and other colors or creeds or religion. And then I start to think, well, those are the things that I find very ugly in the world. It's very specific to the world right now. And um, how do you translate then something to be positive in the world, beautiful? And I think then you get to conceptual ideas of harmony and tolerance and love. And then visually, how do you sort of put that in my in my way on a canvas to relay that idea does that make sense uh, uh, <laughs> for uh, such a big a question hundred and hundred times <laughs> over and and i love that you finished with putting it on your canvas because yes. that that's fantastic that's my solution and you know the, the i love the answer by the way and we we get fantastic answers right that's half the fun of asking the same question every night um and everybody seems to struggle with it a little bit but you when you were saying that in interior design, what we do first is try to find out what they don't like, mm-hmm. what, okay. what, what they have problems with, what sure. makes them go, oh, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Because in answering that, you find out what they like. Mm-hmm. And you sort of said that in your mm-hmm. brilliant artistic way. So now Thank it's you. your home with two boys. Yes. Your husband, of course. My is there husband. a dog there anywhere? Uh, there is a cat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what specifically is beautiful in your home? Um, well, our home is from 1940. So it has very beautiful um, wood floors. It's older for the area that I live in. Um, white walls, um, very neutral furniture, woods, natural um, um, yeah, and a lot of paintings on the walls. <laughs> so is it, the, yeah, I would hope so. Is it, do you have paintings from other people? Uh, some, but due to lack of storage, I have a lot of and my own spent. work on my walls. <laughs> You're much, much cheaper at home, aren't Ex- you? Exactly, yeah. exactly. But we have a beautiful, charming home with a lot of rooms, smaller rooms, because it's an expanded cape. And uh, we are on two acres of land that is absolutely stunning. Um, it's lined with woods. We have tons of deer and badgers and raccoons. And yeah, it's a beautiful landscape. And um, I've really taken to it. I mo- we left New York about six years ago, and I was a little nervous. And I really find that being immersed in nature is very pleasing, hmm. uh, spiritually, visually, yeah, on yeah, many levels. I would say that, too. I mean, when, when we yeah. got our home in the country, I felt like it saved my life yeah. a little bit. Yeah. You know, I, putting my hands in the ground was like life-saving. It was incredible, a sense of solitude and, and finding beauty. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, your work, from the first time I saw it, and we didn't know each other then, mm-hmm. I have always thought it was just incredibly beautiful. Thank you, David. Um, do you create something to be beautiful? Um, ultimately, yes. Okay. Ultimately, yes. It is to put something out in the world that certainly doesn't is not meant to repel people, <laughs> but to invite people okay. to look further and deeper, um, to be celebrating the act of painting, which I've done since I, for as long as I can remember, and which is, um, you know, not something that everyone gets to do. Mm. Not everyone um, finds it perhaps important. You know, it's debatable in this world, where does painting stand? And that's a question that's, you know, uh, been 
an art historical debate before. I was going to say, is that a new question or is that through the yeah, centuries? Yeah, through the centuries. I mean, is painting dead and what is the relevance of this? Um, but I've always done it. I do feel with technology, uh, I'm going to continue to do it. It's sort of my reaction against it. But there is an effort, despite sort of tension of lines and maybe aggressive mark making and even contrasting colors, that ultimately the work is absolutely harmonious and, yes, enjoyable and beautiful, for sure. And, and I do rely on color for that. Uh, you absolutely do. And we try to show a lot of it on Instagram. So if you're just tuning in, Take a look at the Instagram feed because it's full of your, your incredible, colorful art. You know, Mark uh, Rothko is quoted as saying, art is an adventure into the unknown world, which can be explained only by those willing to take the risk. That's great. It's an incredible quote. Absolutely. What are your risks in painting? Um, I do rely on the painting material to kind of create these chaotic accidents I approach my work aggressively without um, intention. I throw around the material to um, initiate accidents and spontaneity in a way. Um, so the painting sort of speaks to me. As and you progress through it? As I progress through it, I sort of initiate some marks, um, but then I hope that the painting starts to inform me how it sort of needs to go. And I'm kind of creating a bit of chaos, a bit of a mess that will then sort of clean itself up um, as, you progress. as I progress through the painting. Yeah. And I do like those accidents to be, um, I invite them because I don't want to dictate what the painting should look like. I want spontaneity and I want new forms to emerge that are not predetermined. I mean, that's the ultimate abstract art making to me. Your art certainly isn't static, uh, which is interesting compared to when you mentioned Caravaggio yeah. and Botticelli, which, yeah. you know, is beautiful, but it is yeah. a flat image, yeah. perhaps maybe static. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But yours art is not static. Mm -hmm. um, is there a fearfulness to being an artist or is it more, I love this question actually, is it more of a resilience? Uh, resilience. Yeah. You got to keep just, trudging through. Yeah. Just keep plowing yeah. through. Huh? And, yeah. And frankly, you know, um, uh, my best work comes when I find that the process has become boring and tedious mm. and I basically will just turn around, uh, make a big mess and in, in, a, in a few quick gestures, um, spark something completely new, and, and often then complete a work uh, after sort of trudging, trudging through. So uh, yeah, you got to keep going. That's a kind of a great life lesson, a little bit too, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, we were sort of talking about that earlier. Yeah. This idea of um, epiphanies, these sort of moments uh, in in your life where you you have these moments of clarity. Um, I try to initiate those moments for myself in the painting process, and, and, and the painting is sort of the, the way to do that. You know, I feel, I get excited every time I get a new client because um, it gives me an opportunity to express something that hopefully I haven't yet had the opportunity to express. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you're reminding me of that a little bit, which mm -hmm. is making me feel incredibly well. Um, <laughs> what inspires you? Um, 
What inspires me? Well, lately for sure, in the last few years, nature, because I'm certainly immersed in it. Um, I often work uh, very emotionally. It, my work is sort of a recording of um, a lot of maybe tension I have or pent up energy that I have, lack of time that I have as a parent and a person in the world these days. Um, so I use sort of the canvas as just an arena to get this energy out and uh, express yourself. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you do it very well. Um, you know, when you become an artist um, that uh, people want to purchase and have in your home and mm -hmm. get to know you and stuff, do you have then, you know, and they admire you as I admire you, but do you have artists that you admire? And not necessarily from time before, but in today, the contempor in contemporary world today. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, yeah. I'm certainly seeing um, a lot of great abstract um, expressionist, uh, neo-expressionist work going on for sure. Um, some of them, Oscar Murillo from Columbia is absolutely beautiful work. Um, Anka Weyer, she's uh, in Germany. Um, a few and do people. they make you, do they make you want to, do they challenge you to I mean, you know, yeah. is that a part of, of sort of admiring what yeah. they do? Yeah, and Ina Gherkin, too. I mean, they're just artists that are handling the material in a new way, in aggressive mark making, just very bold, spirited ways of painting um, that is very much in, the, in alignment with abstract expressionism through the years, but just feeling very fresh, uh, colorful, happy um, absolutely and layered joyous yeah and 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 deep not necessarily reinventing the wheel just just having a fresh and 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 beautifully aesthetic visceral uh, reaction for me it's as simple as that and, and in all of that expression though you still there is composition to it yes right and i think that a lot of people get lost in abstract art trying to understand the composition, right? We, right. we tend to be realist a little bit. Yeah. Okay, I see it, yeah. I feel it, yeah. I get it, I like it, mm -hmm. but where's the composition to that? Mm -hmm. So can you speak a little bit about composition, maybe focal points, and is that important? Do we need to know that? Is, yeah. is, that, is, that a, is, is that still a part of your work? Yeah, well, it's funny because lately I've really been grappling with composition because ultimately a lot of my work I'm seeing as landscape-oriented, okay. uh, which you know I think is inherent to people. I mean, you want to find a, a, a horizon line or whatever. Uh, I'm trying to break that up a little bit, just to kind of throw the process again on its head a little bit, to invite that newness, that freshness, that um, where I start to feel that my work can get a little tedious or my process gets a little tedious. It is when the composition is a little um, too landscapey lately for me. I'm trying to break that up a little bit, but ultimately it's it's there. I mean, there is foreground, background, balance. Uh, and, and there is a confine within a canvas, right? I right, mean, you, you start right there, physically, the space. Exactly, exactly. So I'm working within a, a rectangle, usually. So. <laughs> <laughs> and we talked about that a little bit, too. Yeah. You know, in our new world, right, of which I love and I applaud and all of that, but in our sort of fluid identity, mm -hmm. uh, you know, kids' words that I, I think is so effective and, and so brilliant. But your work is 
feminine, truly, um, not even in a traditional way, but I mean, because you use these strong, bold strokes, but you use then softer pastel colors, right? Mm -hmm. And it's affirming and then explosive. It kind of goes back, but I definitely know I'm seeing a woman artist. Okay. Um, so is that important to you? Do you, do you like being identified that way? Um, and does then ultimately, does your art reflect you? And I think you might have answered that back a bit. Um, absolutely. I mean, I have, I, I, my identity is definitely as strong as a woman, as a, as a mother. Um, and um, yeah, why not? You know, um, a lot of my mark making and the sort of lack of time and the sort of a aggressiveness I have, I think definitely comes from my life as a woman. Uh, whether I'm thinking about social issues on a larger scale or just juggling all the things that a, a, a modern woman juggles these days and the many roles that we have and going to work and having the family and the expectations, um, this sort of frenetic energy um, and this having to sort of be all, all things at one time and all over the place is definitely part of my my work and uh, yeah. I want to get into color when we when we come back from our break but right before we do because um, we're we're adding music through this show tonight of some of the things that I find so incredibly beautiful but one of my all-time favorite pieces is Leonard Bernstein's Make Our Garden Grow and I use that a lot in my work because the composition just continues to build it starts with a solo voice and then it goes into a duet and then it adds uh choir and then all of a sudden it drops into a an amazing acapella but that composition of layering and building that reminds me so much of your work because your work just keeps building onto itself and you've talked a little bit about that um is there ever a time that you feel like you need to drop out of it? Like, or yeah. is that when you're finished? Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, like, how, how, how many layers is it, can you possibly get out of yeah, it? Yeah, well, that's something I've had to discipline myself with because, frankly, years ago, I was making pretty complete paintings pretty fast. In uh, fact, um, I was working in a studio and someone said, just like, walk away from the painting. It, I almost felt bad that it happened so quickly. Now I walk away because I do get these marks down so quickly. I pull myself away and I give it some time and I revisit them. And uh, the, the question of the day, you know, when is a painting done? It's a very tough one. Uh, I think it's when I finish up in those moments of just being spot on and um, knowing that the work is done, that that epiphany moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, that would be a hard uh, point to come to, wouldn't yeah, it? You gotta yeah, you got to tap into that. It's yeah. not easy. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, you know what? Why don't we go ahead and listen to the amazing Leonard Bernstein's Make Our Garden Grow. You're listening to At Home on talkradio.nyc, and we'll be back in a two minutes.
You are listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. The best designs for your life start at home. I'm David Thiergartner, interior designer and host of At Home. Listen live Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as we talk to the very best professionals about interior design and the design that's all around us right here on talkradio.nyc. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. having a great time talking with abstract artist Liz Leggett. And so I want you to take a look at Liz's website, which is easy enough, LizLeggett.com. But let's spell it. You spell it. L-I-Z-L-E-G-G-E-T-T.com. I like like the doubles. I like the pairings. It it looks good, right? It looks good on the the website. (laughs) Um, You can also follow uh, Liz on Instagram, at LizLeggettArt. Yep. Right? And then... um, for the last part of the show, send your questions in to David at DavidThiergartnerInteriors.com and just put in the subject line at home and we'll take uh, some of your questions when we come back. Um, hey, I want to talk a little bit about interiors, right? Sure. Um, your work is so incredibly colorful, I don't really know how else to express it. It's bright, it's joyous, it's just full of color combinations that I never even thought were possible. Do you have any like thoughts or opinions about the type of style that maybe your work looks best in? I mean, have you ever th- like should it only be in interior homes? Do you think it works equally as well in traditional homes? Um, any thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I mean, I I tend to work large and definitely very colorful. Um, when I've seen my work in homes that love to throw in some hot pink uh, chair cushions and wallpaper that might be these lime greens. I mean, I love it. Um, That I always leave for the interior designers, though, I have to say. I mean, ultimately, I work on white walls and I see my work on white walls. My house is basically white walls. I know that's probably a little dull to you. You'll have to come over and consult. But uh, we talk about white. Yeah, a lot, but right? I, I just love that when interior designers and I'm and I'm thinking of someone particular in mind that you know just love to throw in despite classical settings um, some hot pinks, greens, and all of that. I think my uh, work can be great in that setting. I, yeah, I ask that because I think that your work 
sort of spans the styles, right? I mean, I think you're working in a traditional home brings that energy and that vitality that is so sometimes necessary yeah. to to make a traditional home still be uh, relevant and and and, and mm-hmm. joyful. Mm-hmm. So I think it works there. But then too, because it is abstract art, it also works very much in contemporary settings. For sure, I. You know, I don't think that in a home that uh, your art collection should be on white walls, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, but I also don't think that necessarily the walls or the furniture should um, be in cahoots with the art. Right. Right. I I think the art should always stand on its own. Mm -hmm. It should be a part of the story as a whole. But I'm not the guy who says, oh, I love that pink, uh, that pink pastel in the painting. Now I'm going to put that in a decorative pillow on the sofa. Right. I don't think that's... And, an, that's and a great an interior designer will, will put together those elements beautifully. I mean, all of them will work together in a space, which always, to me, blows my mind because three-dimensionally is, I don't think so well. I really do think on a two-dimensional surface when I work. So I'm always impressed at sort of the depth um, and the holistic uh, space an interior designer can think about yeah it's very can, cool yeah, yeah they yeah. just tie it together yeah no question yeah and and then as we were talking earlier too you know art is such an important part of the as you said the icing on the cake it's sort yeah. of it's sort of for us brings to conclusion our exactly. art experience what i've been spending a year or two years trying to create yeah right and the composition that i've had in mind and the story that i was trying to tell can be played out so well once mm-hmm. you hang the art mm-hmm. on the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I sometimes walk into houses with a nice blank wall, and yeah, it's like I, I'm drooling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It makes a big <laughs> difference. Listen, we've talked about your color a little bit, but I want everybody to know that your color harmonies, the way you group colors, mm-hmm. what do we want to call it? Your color pairings are fascinating Thank to me. Thank you. I mean, we, we've we've talked about color a lot on the show and we've talked about complementing colors and contrasting colors, but that's not what we're talking about here. You're, 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 I don't even know, miles away from that conversation. Mm -hmm. Can you just possibly explain how you see color or where your, what, sense of that sort of uh, eclectic color styling comes from? Yeah, you know, I... That's a really good question. Um, sometimes I think I need to rein it in a little just to sort oh, of no. discipline. But yeah, I can't do it. <laughs> I just cannot do it. Um, I just like uh, these over-the-top, joyous, um, celebratory colors working together. Uh, a little, I think it's also a little non-traditional where I'm not necessarily doing a dark wash to start with and building up layers. Mm, I'm just yeah. sort of... Working on a on a white surface and um, giving it depth and um, do you building? Do, do you do you like in my head? I would go, oh, okay. You're going and you're you're pulling this and you're pulling this color. Yeah. You know, are you doing all that? Are you pulling a couple colors and then seeing what happens? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. You, do you have a, a color story in mind, or is there? Is it a? Is it a feeling? A sense? You know, you're using blue for a reason today. Yeah, you, a, a little of both, but I, I just, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'll decide to do a blue painting perhaps. But lately, um, I've been erasing all the blues because um, I don't know, blue is very 
popular. <laughs> it is very, we just had a show about blue last I week. Know, yeah. I know. I so, uh, know. <laughs> no, I know. Uh, and it's... Um, so you're you're kind of you're kind of walking challenging away from it. it a little bit. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Okay. Yeah, because you're an artist. <laughs> you can do that. <laughs> Listen, if, if your mom was in the studio with us right now, uh-huh. would she could you know would she say to us? Would she tell us that you've always had this incredible sense of color? I mean, were you doing it as a kid? I was always doing art like, as a kid. Yeah, for sure. Putting combinations together that she was like, well, yeah. No necessarily color but i've always been always been drawing always been painting it's the my earliest childhood memories are of that and luckily i was encouraged to continue it uh, you know through my life went to art school the whole bit yeah Yeah. you know i think uh what this is our 42nd show or something like that almost every creative person every artist every designer everybody we've had all started as a kid yeah there's all indications of what their future was going to be like that's nice yeah i don't know if you would say that for uh, maybe a mathematician i'm not sure of a financial guy but maybe yeah you know i don't know Well, it's important in children to recognize their their talents and what they're inclined to to do and encourage it for sure um i want to come back um back to color because that's what i'm really fascinated in your work but do you test those combinations? I know you keep saying that it's all sort of like, you know, ad hoc, here we go. We're oh. on a roller coaster ride. But is that really true? I mean, are you doing any dabbling off to the side? Not, no. Oh. Not much. Okay. No. I'm pretty direct. Right uh, onto the we? surface. And if and if I don't like it, I'll, I'll, oh, I'll cover, cover it. it. Oh. Yeah. Because, I mean, it doesn't feel... I mean, it does feel very um, free and but, you know, it's almost so to me, the combinations are so incredibly tight and beautiful together that I, you got to test it. Yeah. You know? I mean, you know, I test wall colors yeah. all the time. Yeah. No, I and I don't. And in fact, I feel like I need to discipline myself a little more when I look at my uh, my practice critically. I do feel like I should be mixing a little uh, taking more time to mix a little more to plan out a little mm. more. Um, I'm so psych to just get rolling with my painting that I sometimes just go right from tube to the surface um, and and I could pull back a little bit and give it a little more consideration sometimes I mean I don't want to lose that spontaneity but there is a practice of discipline this is maybe my education speaking to me um, yeah, yeah you know yeah. but it's it's a challenge for me and I, I kind of want to try that a little more I'm going to ask you a question that's not really fair. Okay. Uh, and you're not an interior <laughs> designer. You're uh, an accomplished artist. But we talk so much about color here. And it's we do it because it's the big challenge for every homeowner, right? Yeah. I mean, you can see it when you go to Lowe's, you know, that couple standing in front of that those paint charts for what seems to be for hours, right? Mm-hmm. You've gone back and forth. They're still, oh, yeah. they're still standing there. It's the one thing that, you know, we talk about a lot. It's a lot of times it's where clients just give me free hand because they're yeah. so they don't want any part of it right yeah. you know a couple indications but uh, can you just like i know your house is white but is there any <laughs> sort of way that you can tell everybody like how to feel more confident about color like you know how to take the chance how to take the risk how to 
you know, express themselves in the way that you do so beautifully in yeah, your painting. Yeah, I mean, well, why not? You yeah. know, the, the thing is, and this is where you would have expertise is, you know, you put a, a color on a wall and then the light changes and then a lamp goes on. I mean, even within whites, I've driven myself <laughs> crazy. So it's an art form unto itself to, to paint a room, right? I mean, but I mean, yeah, my frustration... Um, with some homes has been that inability to try out maybe something over the top like my work is to invite this okay. sort of energy and this color into their homes uh, it, it's bold though i mean you're also living with a large piece of work that might be a little too bold and sensory overload for instance um but uh, it can really, yeah, color can certainly bring a good spirit to a home for sure. Yeah, I, I guess mean. I just I sort of, you know, there's so much risk or what uh, appears to be risk yeah. in your work. Mm -hmm. Right. I just I kind of feel like I'm trying to give the audience like this. Go ahead. Take the chance. Yeah. You know, it's paint. You can paint over it. Exactly. You know, is sort of what I, I do. Get. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um and we only got a couple minutes left, but what is the most amazing thing about being an artist? Um, well, just the ability to do it. Like, really, it's as simple as you have a practice and you make sure it gets done. In this day and age, with all that is demanded of us, um, even the lack of emphasis, perhaps, on the arts, visual arts, music, theater, whatever it is, it's a, it's a gift for me to just take carve out some time and and get it done, let alone have it then recognized. It's really, it's, I, I couldn't be more flattered and sort of honored. And, um, but it is something I've always done. And it's sort of like exercising, you know, it's good for me. It's, it's, it's what you do. It's what I do. It feeds the soul. It, it really makes me feel better. And I love to live by example for, you know, the young people and it can be done. Liz, I think we could talk all night. I don't, <laughs> I so, I don't ever, ever, ever <laughs> want to go home. Uh, what a pleasure. And, and thank, thank you so very much for coming on the, the show with me tonight. Thank you so Will much, Will you stick David. around and help answer some of our questions from our listeners? Absolutely. That'd be great. We'll be back in two minutes. I know. I'll, I'll sing them all and we'll stay all night. I don't ever want to go home. I never would. Somewhere over the rainbow, way You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media, my guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com.
you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. TalkingAlternative.com Hey, uh, <laughs> we're talking here. You know, we should do a show about what we talk about during the break. Yeah. That would be <laughs> that would be equally as fascinating. Listen, let's take some questions. I have one here from Anne in New Jersey. Love, love, love this show. Thank you so much. Thanks, Thanks Anne. Um, I have two questions. Liz, how did you realize that you were truly an abstract artist instead of a figurative artist? Why don't yeah. you take that one first? Okay, that is a really great question. And it is something I grapple with. Um, because I definitely am pretty politically conscientious and I think about maybe taking on some subjects of importance to me in a more literal way. Mm. But at the end of the day, I think that, um, I like to be a lot more open-ended because those subjects, uh, for instance, that I grapple with in the world or that are concerns to me, um are so overwhelming that abstraction in a way encompasses all of it into say. more of an energy and a feeling and a visceral sort of response. Um, I think about Philip Guston a lot. He was an abstract mm -hmm. expressionist in the um, uh, 1940s, you know, 50s, post-World War II, and he was doing quite well with the other major abstract expressionists here in New York at the time. But it was after World War II, and he really grappled with, like, this just happened. And he retreated to Woodstock, New York, actually. And, oh, and despite doing very well in New York as an abstract expressionist, um, decided to use a literal visual language and became figurative. Um, and he had a literal transition to then being a figurative painter. Um, and I think about that, um, but ultimately, I need to just sort of kind of move around and, and, and be a little more open than um, the figurative work would let me. And I also don't like to dictate um, too much information to um, an audience. Mm -hmm. I like them to have their okay. own response and their own, bring their own stuff to the table. Which could I, be their whole sense of their, the world and exactly, the chaos that Exactly. So in. I want their experience to be their experience. I invite that. I don't want to tell them, oh, you better look at it this way and this is my message. It's, it's more of an abstraction becomes more of an overarching way to, to be. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting question. I'm going to pick up on it, too. I, I worked for, I had a client, I should say, um, who was a famous Broadway composer or a Broadway lyricist. And um, he had an in substantial uh, collection of 
German expressionism yeah. from the 30s. Okay. And, um, and, you know, as we were renovating the home and, and, you know, doing the construction and stuff, we were trying to bring that all into collection. And I have to say that it was difficult to look at yeah. um, on a daily basis. Yeah. It was hardcore. Yeah. Uh, very dark expressive stuff. dark stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. So, anyway, I guess, did we get off the question a little bit? Not I really. Know. I don't know. You, Here's the second part me. of it. <laughs> we got to keep Sorry, going. Sorry, We got to keep going. Here. <laughs> Sorry, Ed. I'll answer mine. It says, David, is there such a thing as abstract style in interior design? That's not huh. a good question. Uh, um, uh, huh. No, we don't. There is nothing we call abstract expressionism or abstract anything in interior design i would say eclecticism um might be something similar to that uh-huh. uh but you know we could have a whole show and we probably should on eclecticism oh my god um, it's making my head spin but i mean that would be the closest thing i think but uh, you know if it's eclecticism that has composition mm-hmm. has a background and has some sort of um, layers of intention, then yes, I would say that's the closest thing. The other thing that pops into my head right now is in the 80s, there um, was a style called the Memphis style uh, that I think would, could be maybe thought of as expressionistic or at least abstract. Um, I, would, I would have to ponder that for a while. Um, anyway, sorry, Anne. We didn't do very well uh. with uh, with <laughs> Anne's questions. Gail from Riverside says, I've learned so much from the show tonight. Thank you so much. How would you describe your style and your influences? Oh, this is to me. Oh. oh. Go for it. Oh, oh okay. Um, so my style. Well, so I absolutely would like to tell you that I don't have a style, though that's not true. But I only mean that because I design for my clients. That's the most important thing that I can do. Um, I'm not interested in repeating myself. I'm not interested in being trendy. I'm not interested in necessarily even being classical. I try to approach every project for my client. Um, Influences, uh, you know, I think we all have thousands. I mean, I would say almost, you know, I'm pulling from every direction I possibly can. Um, There was a a Georgian, American Georgian, not Russian Georgian, American Georgian interior designer when I was a kid or a teenager and in school and stuff that I loved so much and I'm even having trouble remembering her name. But other than that, we we look constantly for influences and and what's happening and trending. So... um, Here's a question for you. Liz, where can we see your work? Hmm. I, uh, I'll have a Other piece. than the website, I guess. <laughs> and Instagram. But, but we talked a little <laughs> bit about that, though, about seeing things in person. We were yeah. talking about, you know, everything that's available on Etsy and, and, yeah. and, and, yeah. and all of the webs. All, everybody has a website. Mm-hmm. Um, it's totally different yeah. than seeing it in person. Yeah, yeah. Right, so... Uh, well, now I live in Connecticut, so it can be seen in person in Connecticut. Um, I have a show, uh, I have a piece in a show at Silvermine Artist Guild in uh, New Canaan coming up. Um, beyond that, no shows lined up, but, you know, hopefully there will be something soon. And, uh, yeah, Connecticut. I used to be in New York, but not anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Connecticut. Well, Westport, <laughs> we talked about how Westport... It sort of had a history of an art colony, and absolutely, and you're a part of 
trying to revive that yeah, a little bit, yeah. which there is, is exciting. A, yeah, there's a thriving um, artist community in Westport. I'm very happy to be part of it, for yeah. sure. It's, it's a really wonderful town for the arts. This yeah. is from Tom. He says, David, you have a credo, but Liz, do you have one? Well, that's a tough one uh, on ad hoc like this. Yeah. No, I mean, oh. no, I mean, just just keep keep working. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, this is for me. And, and maybe um, I'm going to just, but, you know, I think when we were talking and setting up the show and all that, I see your art in so many different ways. You know, I told you that at some points I've seen it as just this, like, beautiful concophony of like silk silk scarves just blowing in the wind and sort of coming to each other and then kind of moving away. I see that. At other times it looks like this brilliant cosmic light show to me. Um, That's great. Do, 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 do you see it in any of those sort of ways? Or or do your the people who purchase your homes, do they have it, different opinions of it? Yeah. Like, is there hundreds of ways that people see your art? There is, and that's what I love about it. Yeah, yeah. Right? That's yeah. not the fun. Yeah. Unfortunately, sometimes I put a piece in my son's room, and uh, he sees scary things. <laughs> I didn't mean <laughs> no, to do that. No, that's not possible. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I love like to hear he sees like a figurative. Yeah, yeah, he's his interpretation exactly. But like how uh, we would look at the clouds in the sky. Yeah, no, I, I, I really love uh, when people see um, things in my work, and I invite that. And um, I never, it's always news to me. It's always something new that I'm seeing, thanks to what they're telling me. And and I think that's that's what abstraction is. You know, it's it's open. It's open. It's open. Uh, open mind. Yeah. creates beautiful open work. Liz, thank you so thank very you, much. I, it's been, been just a great joy. It's thank an you. honor to have you on it's the show. It's fantastic and to be here. I, I really appreciate <laughs> it. Listen, I want to thank um, Sam Leibowitz here at uh, talkradio.nyc for all of his help uh, throughout the year and uh, everybody else because this room is crowded with a bunch of people on computers right now. <laughs> so thank you, everybody. A special thanks to the Tuesday night primetime lineup, which is Jeff Goodman and Noreen Sumter. Thank you very much. Schoolhouse number six productions. Well, you know, I can't thank you enough. I couldn't do it without you and I wouldn't want to try. And my nephew, Ben, I don't know if I always say this. I always say Ben Keegan from my, from my music, but it was actually written by my nephew. So I'm tremendously proud of him for that. Remember to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at home with DTI. And remember to take a look at my website and Liz's website, uh, DavidTheorgardnerInteriors.com. Stay tuned for the Noreen Sumter Show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way. And remember, the best designs for your life start at home. You alone can make my song take flight. Help me make the music of You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.
are listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in a rut? Negative thoughts, feelings, and conversations got you down? Hi, I'm Noreen Sumter, the Potentiator. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way, on talkradio.nyc. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media, my guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at TalkingAlternative.com. Talking the best designs for your life start at home. I'm David Thiergartner, interior designer and host of At Home. Listen live Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as we talk to the very best professionals about interior design and the design that's all around us right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. 